So yeah, we're talking about your. Uh, you guys have a neighbor whose child is named Micah. Yeah. And you have a cousin or a nephew or a niece or whatever who's also named Micah. Who's also named Micah. And uh, you claim to own. Yeah, I, 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 I own that nephew. And uh, that a, and Frank. How do you spell that? And and Frank has a uh, has a, a a coworker. Well, rather, his coworker has a Mike named Micah. Coworker. Oh. Yeah, there we go. I was making sure. my Mike Micah joke. It was hard to there, do, but I got there. Is there a Street Fighter character or something named Micah? Hmm. That well, it, that would be pronounced Mika. Uh, yeah, yeah, Armika. Yeah, but it looks like Micah. The R, so of course, stands that's for a, Reginald. I think the Micah we're talking about here as a first name is M-I-C-A-H. Yeah, that's the one. So, Yeah, that's a different, uh, more of a biblical name. Uh, that's uh, You know what the most popular boy's name in America right now is? Butthole. really scary to know that these games that people play online uh, competitively the, these games that are trusted for their impartiality are just all fudging almost everything just a bunch yep. of lies and uh, when you try to make a game that doesn't hide anything uh, you uh, uh, you realize that there's a reason that these 500 person teams can't do that anyway uh, this would be a insert credit Episode number 126, is that right? That is right. Yeah, and uh, my name is Tim Rogers. I'm at 108 on Twitter. True. And uh, if anybody else wants to introduce themselves, uh, this would be the time to do that. Nah, I'm good. You uh, want to do it? I'll do it. I'm Brandon Sheffield, and I'm at Necrosofty on Twitter. Well, now I just kind of feel some peer pressure. Yep. Some PP. So. Yeah, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll uh, engage in the PP here. Uh, I'm Frank Sfaldi, and my Twitter handle is at Frank Sfaldi. So there. My name is Tim Rogers, and my Twitter handle is at your mom. Oh, engage in the PP. Yeah, I really really owned that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I guess what I wanted to talk about today is we've talked about video game conventions before. Mm-hmm. I believe we have yeah. conferences conventions uh so and we've also done a series of shows uh, the entire 90s of insert credit was episodes based on years in the 1990s mm-hmm. uh so what i want to do today is uh in good old-fashioned uh list style uh let's try and determine the 10 best video game conventions that we've ever been to by year Oh God! Okay, so, that's a rough one. Well, yeah, uh, it's rough, but at the same time, I mean, you realize as I have, uh, uh, I'm going to be 37 years old uh, shortly before E3 2016. Uh, that I've been to a lot of these things, and yeah. a large number of these stories I tell people are 
things that took place at these stupid, terrible things. These so these are things calls. that these are things that all three of us have been to simultaneously. They they don't have to be. No, I mean everybody can have their own personal top okay. ten if they want. Uh, I've been to a lot of these things, and we talk. We've talked about them, and uh, the the prevailing conversation, as it were, is uh, that these things suck. And that they're sweaty and they're sleazy and they're gross. But uh, let's not even bother talking about that. Let's talk about what, what ones were good times. What was a good time? Just to... This is going to yeah. be real hard for me because I don't, I don't really retain... Good uh, times? Well, I've, I've I, got I don't retain I don't retain enough specifics to know, like, which year the thing was. You know what I mean? Like, this is this might be kind of difficult. Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for help in feeling out the year situation. Uh, but... I do have some I do have some thoughts. One is just a this one is entirely a personal one cuz neither of you were there. Mhm. It is the E3, the first E3, maybe there was only one when it was in Santa Monica. Is um, that the uh the airplane hangar one? Yes. Okay. So this mm. was a particularly triumphant year for me. Because I was really, you know, I was, I was at Gamasutra and Game Developer Magazine, and I hadn't really got gotten a chance to do that much stuff that was really cool. I felt. I guess I had done some things at Tokyo Game Show. Maybe I'll mention that one too. But at this particular one, nobody knew what to do at all. Like, all the journalists were running around just shrugging at me violently, going like, ah, where are the games? I don't know. I don't know what to do. What's the stuff? (laughs) And so, but I was getting mad scoops every day, and people were coming up to me and being like, how are you getting all this news out of this conference? Like, there are no press conferences. I don't understand what to do. But basically what I did was I just filled up my whole slate with interviews, and... Uh, so then I went and talked to people that nobody else was talking to because they hadn't set up interviews because they were way far away at this hangar trying to look at games. Um, and then I wound up writing up 500 word bits on things that people said. And then like, that was the, the E3 where Gamasutra had higher traffic numbers than a lot of the other websites because we had actual news because it was like, you know, id says they're making this game and here's what they have to say about it and people were like i didn't even know that a game existed um so that was a fun one for me plus i got to participate in in gamecock's march for the death of e3 which was really stupid and weird and spencer yip from silicon era got up and breakdanced it was a and i saw a man i saw a man uh on a bmx bike who was doing tricks in front of a bunch of us uh, nerd types who were who were at this private party thing but which had an outdoor section and he was he was kind of like trolling us with his with his athleticism and then this this dude he's he was like game face radio or chatterbox radio I don't remember um, game face something like that there is this 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 fellow who had a segway and segways were still relatively new but everyone knew they were stupid and he got out there on his Segway and started doing tricks that mimicked that BMX rider, like just 
going backward and sticking out his butt and stuff. It was really idiotic. So there's one for me. So that was E3 2007? It was six or seven. I'm not sure which. It was probably 2007. Yeah, all right. I mean, just off the top of my head. Yeah. That sounds like... It might be that. And if nobody's got another one, I can I could talk about my favorite uh, TGS moment. Um, should we alternate? Just yeah, let's alternate. Go for it. Okay. If you come so, up with an alternate. I am trying to figure out the year. So um, it was a PAX East. Nice. Okay? And um, I know that among the games I looked at was Quantum Conundrum. I got a, a demo from Kim Swift. Oh, yeah. Um. That came out June 2012. Yeah. I believe June is before PAX East? No, PAX East is, uh, I'm leaving for Boston on Wednesday morning. Okay. But it wasn't so, always at the same time. I don't know. It's always in March, uh, but now it's in April. I'm going to look weird. up PAX East 2012. 2012. Uh, 2012. PAX East. Oh, that's prime. That's prime. No. Well, let's just say it was 2012. Yeah, it sounds like 2012. Um, I was working for Gama Sutra. I, I, I'd sort of uh, just come back to it, I guess, uh, from being at 1UP and then quitting 1UP. Um, and I went to PAX East and, and you know, much like uh, Brandon's E3, just scheduled a whole bunch of interviews, like 20 of them or something. Um, and so I got there. And just immediately became violently ill, just <laughs> it's not dizzy, funny. like really, really hard to walk around. Uh, I sounded, I sounded really cool, actually. Like my voice was really neat. Uh, it, was, it was a very sick, like gravelly voice. Um, and I was kind of loopy, and uh, I hadn't really prepared for any of these interviews beforehand, and I didn't really have the brain to there. Uh, but what I did anyway was I just kind of decided uh, I, in my sick mind, I guess, I was like, you know, we always talk about our video games art, but what what is the art of video games? What does that mean? And um, in my sick haze, I just went around appointment to appointment, barely standing up, just chugging water wherever I could and just asked everyone I talked to. What is the art of video games? What does that mean to you? And I got 18 interviews with with people just asking them the same questions uh, about the nature of the art of video games. And it was cool people. It was like Kim Swift. It was uh, it was that 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 beardy spec ops. I mean, sorry, speed cops guy. Whatever his name was. You remember him? Yeah. Speed cops. Yeah, the American yeah. who lived in in Germany for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like the someone only from one Harmonics did that. And uh, I, I ended up getting, like, I think 18 interviews just asking people about the nature of this. And, and I had grand plans of, of coming back and, and, like, making a five-part series out of it or something. Um, and uh, then we sent the interviews off to transcriptionists, and then I got too busy and did nothing with any of them ever. Nice. <laughs> but But that was a particularly memorable show for me because... Those were probably some really interesting discussions, or at least they felt really interesting because I felt like I was dying. Yeah, yeah. Um, Man, you should dig them up. I've I've got them somewhere. I've I've got the transcript somewhere. Make yourself an insert credit article right there. That takes insert credit article. I know. Well, but maybe maybe you can pay somebody fifty bucks to transcribe them. 
Well, no, they're already transcribed. Oh man, Whoa. that's not so much effort. Just do it. <laughs> but I have to find them and then organize them. So easy. Okay. So easy. No, it's not. I got I got other stuff to do. Anyway, that that's my uh, that's my first personal one. First personal. Your first personal. Um, I guess I'll do one that I went to by myself. Uh, and that would be Tokyo Game Show 2003. Uh, the darkest Tokyo Game Show in my memory. Uh, so I went to this thing. 2004 was pretty dark, though. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it was pretty dark as far as, uh, you can remember. Yeah. But what about the one you don't remember because you weren't there? Yeah, I guess so. Here's, All right. here's how dark this thing was, man. Uh, uh, so I was trying to, uh, okay, first of all, I have an education. I want to just, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to have been educated and, uh, I, I have what are probably, I have still managed to for the last 13 years retain actual job skills, uh, uh, really good at math and stuff, uh, you know, whatever. But I don't know what I was doing. I just thought, uh, maybe I can, get away with writing about video games, you know? So I was like, I'm going to go to Japan and write about video games uh, for a little bit while I look for a job or whatever. And I just wanted to get over there, you know? I just wanted to get over to Japan and do what I could. And uh, I'd been writing stuff for Insert Credit and – uh IGN had, I'd been writing stuff for IGN, uh, and some British magazines. And I had like all these different magazines asking me to write stuff about Tokyo Game Show. So I thought that was a good enough reason to go over there and go to it. Cause I did, I'd been in Japan and then I went back and then I went back to the US and I spent some time in Chicago and I was like, heck it, I want to go back to Japan. And this flimsy write about Japanese video games garbage excuse was the only reason I could come up with. So I flew over there and, uh, uh, I went to stay in this, uh, this youth hostel where I'd been living earlier that year. And the guy was like, what? We don't have any vacancies, even though he told me they did. Right. So I didn't know what to do. So I lived in internet cafes for about four days and I went to Tokyo Game Show. And on the first day of Tokyo Game Show, I met, uh, and, uh, somebody who Brandon knows, uh, our friend FFD. Yeah. Uh, so I had somehow connected with this guy on my live journal. Uh, I had a live journal. Nice. And, uh, uh, he Your first was just- of two, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, this would have been the second live journal, but he okay. was also a reader of the first one. So he uh uh was just really mean to me on my live journal and uh just relentlessly mean, but in a strange, surreal way. And I was like, want to hang out? And I got to hang out with FFD, and it turned out he was – uh I don't want to reveal his identity, but he was a really weird guy. And – uh he was a weird guy in a way that I, in my own life, had been far too afraid to be weird physically. <laughs> and uh that was just something happened. And before I knew it, I was uh just talking to all of the big name Japanese video game developers 
because I had this weird guy with me that nobody, uh, that made people <laughs> really uncomfortable. Uh, but he was just so weird and friendly that, uh, it just shattered people's defenses. Yeah. And that is for I, better or for worse how I met Hideo Kojima. I understand <laughs> that what, what you're saying there, cause there, there are certainly people around whom you can sort of feel like you have a personal social invincibility because you're like, well, this mm-hmm. guy is weirder than me. So I can do whatever I want and it's never going to compare. <laughs> and FFD was just top of the pops. This was just the coolest guy in the world. I was like, wow, this guy owns it a hundred percent. And, uh, FFD, if you're listening, hey, how you doing? How you doing? I saw him a little yeah. while ago. Well, oh, yeah? quite a while, quite a little while ago. Two TG, two TGSs ago, but still. Uh, I saw him at PAX. What the dang? Yeah, we can get into that later. All right. But uh yeah, that was my Tokyo Game Show. So, uh I uh, there was also this lady that I knew that I'd met on the internet and I was talking to her uh and I had uh so here's here was the first night of that TGS after I'd met Hideo Kojima and all sorts of stuff. I was sitting in an internet cafe in Shinjuku and I was writing a story for a British magazine about some garbage I'd done at Tokyo Game Show under a pseudonym. Well, I did the stuff under my own name, but I wrote the thing under a pseudonym. And I was like emailing this lady. This lady was like, do you want to meet and have coffee tomorrow? And I was like, I can't meet tomorrow because I've got to work. Or by work, I said work. Or by work, I meant I have to go to Tokyo Game Show. So I hid the video game thing. Uh, uh, and then there was, while I was writing that email, there was a huge earthquake that shook this whole place that was underground. So there you go. So what happens when you story. lie, or it's not really a lie? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really a lie. Yeah. I, I just didn't mention all the details. <clears throat> it was a you peripheral. were denying your higher calling, is what you were doing. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I've got a, I've got a smaller one, which is, I think, E3 2004, maybe it was whatever the second, the second E3 that Eric John came to. Yes. And previously at E3 2003, I mean, wait, is that the second one he came to or was it 2003 that was the second one? Well, whatever. Um, it he was came the, to, 2004 would have been the second one. Okay. Well, it, so it was the year after SNK stopped having a booth in Kentia Hall. SNK used to be pretty much the only real legit company down in Kentia Hall. And for those of you who don't know what Kentia Hall is, it's the hall of E3 that used to exist where all the like third and fourth stringers of the game industry would go and hawk whatever, you know, like weird um co- handheld game console they had or some Yeah, you you could you could literally find like bootleg Famicom stuff at E3 yeah. in the 2000s. Yeah. It was it was pretty good Kentia time. Hall. Yeah, I I I found this there was a like a Korean game plaza and it was like, yeah, we're Korea, we got stuff. And they sh- passed out these brochures which I bought uh, not bought, which I collected a bunch of and then researched and I was like, holy crap, there's some like legit weird games. And then I wound up researching those games and then befriending the developers of them, such as uh, Hakyu Kim, the creator of Ragnarok Online, who made a Gunstar Heroes-like called Ant-Man 2. 
Ant-Man being based on a Korean uh, manga. And the original Ant-Man is not very good. And he does not even own those games uh, anymore. He owns the boxes, which his mom found for him at a thrift, at a, at like a yard sale. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the point of this is not that, though that's some pretty fun stuff. The point is that Eric John and I, uh, laid down in the big empty square where SNK used to be and, and just like, uh, metaphorically tore our clothes as, as the expression goes over the, the loss of SNK. And it was su- such a simultaneously, uh, genuine and also, you know, over the top and self-aware moment where we were like, yeah, we really like SNK and this is a really silly thing to do, but we also kind of care that they're not here anymore. So let's just admit this to ourselves sort of kind of halfway. Uh, so that was, that was kind of a moment that I, that I remember from then. Oh man. Uh, Tokyo game show 2003 was coincidentally the show where I got a really, really awesome Terry Bogard t-shirt. Oh yeah. So that shirt ruled so much. That show is also the one where, uh, I was going to get sued by Square Enix because, Oh, because because, of the legal step, because of the legal step, because you took that video. No, that was not Tokyo Game Show. That was at a, a private event. Oh, that was a private event. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You oh, know, I remember that. Did, one. did I ever tell you that people asked me about that in interviews when I when I was like interviewing for places like GameSpy and GameSpot, etc. Yeah, yeah. What did they they asked you? What did they ask you? There were a few. What was few the deal with that? Angles they would go. One was like. You know, we'd we'd be uh, talking about stuff, and they'd be like, "So, uh, so, what's your relationship with Square? With Square? I mean, they were SquareSoft at the time. With Square, so like, you know, if uh, how is how is how is that going? Like, we don't want to have anybody that's kind of like a liability in terms of one of the big publishers and stuff. And I was like, "Wow, all right." Um, and uh, and another thing they would sometimes say is, "So, how about that Tim Rogers? Are you uh." You friends with that guy? And yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah. And I- I'm like, pretty, pretty, pretty obviously, I guess it would be hard to say no to that, given what we got there on the internet. And, yeah. um, and they're like, okay, cause you know, like we don't want anybody that's kind of like a liability and, you know, loose cannons and <laughs> like, all right, man. Loose cannons. Loose cannon. So. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I'm going to, uh, dragging me I'm down there s- with you, Tim. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and that's why I didn't get a job at GameSpy. And I'm really sad about it. Darn. Game it's it's actually not Games Pie. Yeah, that's weird. That? Actually why? the reason I didn't get it is because I didn't want it. Honk. Yeah, GameSpy kind of kinda of sucks. Yeah. I'm saying uh, sucks I, I, as I, though. I I don't know. It's the wrong what, tense, to, I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what tense that's supposed to be. Uh I'm find so out. I guess I want to say I like D three two thousand four as well. I have memories of that. E3 2004, I played uh, Neo Contra, and I loved it. And uh, when I was interviewing Hideo Kojima, because I was doing an ongoing multi-part interview for Wired that eventually got killed, uh, uh, which was you know the highlight of my journalistic career, uh, was getting a feature article killed at Wired. Uh, I asked him, he was like, oh, did you check out the Konami games? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, what do you think? And I was like, man, Neo Contra is fantastic. And he just goes, really? And I go, yeah. 
it's uh, really good. And he goes, I don't know, man. I don't really like it. So that was Hideo Kojima's opinion on Neo Country. It, that was the same year when he told you that uh, that his favorite author was Dan Brown, right? No, that was my interview a few months earlier in Tokyo. But yeah. It's the real one-two one punch of his media appreciation right there. Yeah, his body is 70% movies, as he has said multiple times. <laughs> uh, in, in, in the year 2014, uh, he proved uh, – 10 years later, he proved that he finally started watching some of the movies – that he uh, claimed to like because Metal Gear Solid Five is a uh, pretty cool. Uh, also, 2004 E3 was when I met Tomonobu Itagaki, and I just sat down next to him and started talking to him, inspired by FFD, of course. That is uh, also who was you, also there. That is also uh, you're sure that's the Neo Country. It would have been 2004, yeah. Okay, because I thought my first one was 2005, but my first one was the Neo Contra one, was, so I guess it was 2004. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you were that there. is also when you guys met me. Yes. Yeah. In fact. We um, had the meat insert credit out in front of E3, too. Yeah. Yeah, we ate ice cream. Ice cream, yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. It was a good time. <laughs> God, um, I could go for some ice cream right now. Was, you know was that mean? the E3 where we met Aaron Novak in that limo? Sure. Uh, not in a limo, but uh, a we did meet Aaron Novak there. We met Aaron Novak at the meat insert credit. We met him right outside of the Stretch Humvee, though, because we were he came at the end, and we were about to get into this thing to go to a pandemic party. And uh, he's like, hey, guys, how's it going? And we were like, you want to come to this weird thing? And he's like, yeah. I, I believe uh, you, later. you met him there later, and you remembered him from the meet insert credit. Ah, okay. So that like, like meet insert credit is where he made his introductions, and then uh, – Became our real friend uh, upon the second meeting. Yeah, that sounds so, right. Yeah, the pandemic thing was, uh, I mean, I was like an actual employee of Gama Sutra by then, so it would have been 2006 at the earliest. Uh. Yeah, I was uh, working at Sony, so I was not in, I stopped going to game conventions for a while. That was a pretty good one that maybe we should relate later. Um, should I do another solo one, or do we want to get into that? Oh, do, an do anything, man. Because uh, I'm going to stretch our definition a little bit, because uh -oh. this isn't really a, a, a convention or an expo, but it is an event, um, which is in 2004, I went to the... Uh, Acclaim auction, I bet. The, yes, the bankruptcy auction for Acclaim. Um, Boom. Which was an American publisher of uh, mostly kind of garbagey games. Uh, yeah. That, that filed for bankruptcy, obviously, that year, Chapter 11. And um, I didn't think... I wasn't really a video game journalist yet. Um, I I'd, I'd done I wrote some for Insert Credit, just one thing, and uh, I don't even think I was necessarily. I must have been. I don't I don't remember if I was doing columns yet for Gama Sutra, but uh, I think no. I think no. I think no. I think I think I I had, had not been a, a paid video game journalist. Yet. Yeah, yeah. It all uh, happened after this. Yeah, but I. Uh, convinced edge to uh pay me for an article uh edge and tips and tricks actually to pay me to write up an article on the acclaimed bankruptcy auction which i sort of bullied them into uh because i knew i was the only one that the only person going that was you know like a video game person um because it, this was a bankruptcy auction to go buy their furniture and stuff. um so i i called in sick to my job at a mental health clinic for three days in a row um, and flew to Long Island, New York 
to go uh, look around at the corpse of a claim, and uh, it was it was a weird time. So it was um, they had they had lots of things, as in, uh, by, by lots I don't mean many, I mean auction lots, uh, that were sort of numbered and sectioned off of just random garbage. So like, you could buy a claims refrigerator from the second floor. They're they're nice double door Sub Zero refrigerator. Sub Zero not related to Mortal Kombat, which God, darn it, darn it. Uh, published home versions of them. Sorry. Oh, that would rule. I was I was really because th- I knew that they published those home versions, so I was like, yeah. oh man, oh man. No, I I that's why I went to look because there was a, a listing of all the lots, and one of them said Sub Zero refrigerator. <laughs> I was like, cool, but no, it wasn't that. But uh, it was really weird because um, I think the last day in the office. Just unexpectedly, everyone was told to go home, like, in the middle of the day. So I opened that Sub-Zero refrigerator, and there was, like, people's lunches from three months ago. Uh, I opened one. It was moldy as heck. I coughed and gagged a bit. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I went to, like, the, the testing lab and, like, found a half-finished soda on someone's desk and stuff. It was really weird and kind of creepy to be there. Um, and... Uh, I was doing as much snooping as I could, but you're not really supposed to do that. And there were uh, very tough, very Jersey guys in suits who would occasionally yell at me and almost kick me out. Um, but, you know, I went around. I, I tried to look through their legal paperwork and stuff. Uh, didn't get too far with that. I, uh, I I stole some stuff. I'm not I'm not afraid to say that. I stole some discs off of desks for games that never shipped. Discs uh, off desks. Because someone needed to. Yeah. Darn it. So uh, I might still be the only person with a good build of uh, 100 bullets. I'm not sure. Um, I'd be interested in finding that out, actually. Uh, go ahead and write or call in if if you out there have a build of 100 bullets, because I kind of forgot that I had that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was really weird. I, I, I bought a lot that, that uh, the guy who runs assemblergames.com stole. Oh, the right. Next day. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was a good lot. It was um it was this like imagine like U-Haul boxes, the large size. Um can can you visualize that size box? Yeah. All right. Imagine that full of uh EEPROM cartridges going all the way back so like N64 and Game Boy and probably NES and Super NES and Genesis and stuff. So it was a large size box full of that and a vacuum cleaner next Man. to it. Was yeah, I I I forgot about that. Like, did, do, do you sometimes wake up at night remembering that you don't have that? No, not really, because um, I'm I'm actually not aware of a game that Acclaim ever canceled. Mm. Like, I think that's literally true. Like, yeah. I know of one on the NES, but like, I think I think they shipped everything they ever announced because they'd ship anything. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway, that was that was kind of a weird time. I wrote I wrote a really bad editorial for edge that uh margaret robertson uh polished into shape and uh some for tips and tricks that i don't think they really polished at all and uh yeah that was that was a uh... and then a pretty good one for insert credit I oh yeah that one. yeah oh yeah we yeah. never published it though no we did i thought really I'm pretty no. sure we did no i gave it to you and you were waiting for persona to draw me i don't think that's what happened yeah it, and this but was it sounds like, it sounds a lot like what would happen though yeah and this was like 10 years after the fact too hmm 
we didn't publish anything at the time. I had a full version that uh, I don't remember why I wrote a full, like a really long one um, that I wrote for no one. And then, uh, yeah, like about 10 years later, you're going to publish it. And then you did because huh. because you never got those drawings in. Maybe you're gonna I have should Persona, do it. You're going to have Persona draw me in the style of Hotel Dusk. Uh, yeah, man, I think he might have even done it. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, that would have been uh, September 28th, 2011, that you agreed to publish this article that Frank had written because you mentioned it while we were having pizza at Lane Splitter in uh, Temescal. <laughs> well, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll make and, good uh, on that someday. Well, if, hey, you've got less than you've got less than six months to do it in under five years. Nice. So, like, that's uh, not too bad. That's how I. That's how I think of my whole life is, uh, uh, how how many months less than how many months do I have to do it in less than how many years? Uh, you know, you start making these equations for yourself. If I do it by next week, it'll be. Less than ten years, or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's a window into a world uh, maybe we'd best not look into right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, you, you got another personal one, Tim? Wait, uh, I think it's yeah, me. I think, I, I think I'm next. Oh wait, yeah, wait no, no, the... Tim's next. Tim's next. Sorry. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I chimed in on E3 2004. Uh, God. I'm thinking this PAX East uh, last year was pretty good. By where by pretty good, I mean no, no. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm sorry, everyone. I have to say the PAX East two years ago was the better one. Last year there was a horrible blizzard, and uh, there was a hot tub in the basement of the hotel in Boston. And I bought a big dozen donuts and I ate a whole bunch of pizza at Iron Galaxy's booth and I had a really good time with that. Uh, but I've got to do 2014 because I went there with, uh, another publisher. I went, I mean, this was exhibiting a game and this was the first time I'd ever, uh, felt popular like in my entire life. Like, I mean, I'd felt like borderline popular before, but man, when you have a booth at PAX East and you tweet your booth number and people start showing up uh, and telling you they like your stuff, like, it's really weird. Because, I mean, I was in one place all day and I had no support. It was just me. And uh, we were showing Video Ball and there were four other games at this publisher, which is now defunct. Sorry, guys. Uh, I guess it feels like partially my fault because we did not finish our game. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Perfection takes time, etc. Uh, so they had these five games and they had this system set up where you could get a t-shirt, right? If you play all five games. And uh, I knew from having gone to E3s before, and I mean, we've, we'd been to E3s when they handed out stuff. Remember when we went to Tokyo Game Show, Brandon, they handed out stuff. Yeah. Right? Like so much stuff. And then just two years later, where did it all go? No more It stuff. was all gone. Not enough investment in games, I guess. But anyway, we knew. So I knew deep in my soul that people don't care what's on the shirt. They want the shirt, you know? So Midnight City was offering shirts for anyone who played all five games at their booth. And that meant that I was just standing there at my booth all day, every day, 
for like 12 hours a day and it was murder. It was insane. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I couldn't get anything to drink, uh, which is, uh, I guess those two problems sort of cancel each other out. <laughs> uh, but people kept coming by people like Dan DeSalt and, uh, uh, my buddy, uh, uh, Wasim, uh, garbage bear on Twitter. Uh, he, uh, he showed up and I met that guy and I'm like, man, what a cool dude. What like, what like the best dude. I'm like, I met another guy who's like, just, just straight up a hundred percent legit dude. And, uh, when the show was over, I said, Hey, I want to get some food and I'm on the East coast. Let's get some Chinese food. And I just invited, I was inviting people for like the last hour of the show because it was people who kept coming back, you know, like people who just totally kept coming back. I was like, let's go have dinner. So we went to this gourmet dumpling house in uh, Boston, Chinatown. And we just, you know, had like a 15 people, you know, $300 meal of just a whole insane bunch of food. And uh, it was great. Just and then while I'm on the way there, I saw uh, Luis Hernandez, a designer developer of uh, the game Jazz Punk, and he was like, "Oh, my hotel's near here," and I'm like, "Let's have this Chinese food." And we just sat down and had this meal of kings in this place for like three hours, and then we repeated it again the next year, and it was also excellent. But I have to give it to the first year, despite there not being a blizzard, just because. I was just, my whole brain and soul was just crushed by having been standing on my feet for 12 hours a day. And it was just this big old Chinese food, nice cold weather outside, a little bit of rain, humidity somewhere around, I'd say 48, 49%. It was, uh, it was excellent. So that's so, the uh... end of that story i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna tag on here because that was uh also the uh, my next show uh oh yeah i was gonna talk about was uh pax east 2014 uh where i had the complete opposite experience which is oh no i had uh no 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 good in in the good way uh i I had the opposite experience of of your day and the same experience of your night Ah, okay (laughs) so uh i i um I was uh, there to represent IDARB uh, for Other Ocean, and I had, I believe, two appointments. I think I had a press appointment, and I had like a Twitch stream, as in, you know, the the Twitch, the actual the, the official the Twitch, Twitch booth, right? Yeah. Um, I did and, one of those at that show too. Yeah, and I I love PAX. Uh, I I especially love PAX East because I love Boston. Um, oh man, but, Boston's pretty good. But uh, I did not want to support PAX, and I was really mad about having to be there um, for you know political reasons we've discussed before on the show that I won't get into. Um, but so I just basically went to the show to fulfill my uh, obligations with the appointments, which were which were very minimal, uh, and spent the rest of the time just exploring Boston on my own. Um, which was really nice. So I did cool stuff like uh, I found I found something called the Museum of Bad Art that I went to, and it was just a bunch of like crappy thrift store paintings uh, with really good, funny descriptions of 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 uh, what made them special. I uh, I went to New England Comics, birthplace of the Tick, and it was a terrible comic store. Um, 
they had a couple tick comics like in a corner or something. I just I, I don't know. I expected like a little display or something, you know, where they're like, hey, we created that character that's been in two different TV shows now, but uh, that didn't happen so much. Um, I uh, I went to two different famous Italian bakeries back to back and uh, made myself sick. Oh man, which ones? So what's the uh, I don't remember the names. So there's there's the one that that everyone knows where you get a white box with like blue lettering on it. Yeah. Whatever that one is. And then whatever the one is on the next block that's that's less handheld and more like a slice of cake. Uh but both of them in that like Italian district, whatever that is. The Italian uh Little Italy. Did you get a uh did you get a cannoli? Uh I did. What, yeah. I got a cannoli. And some kind of chocolate cake, something. I don't remember exactly. Um, I also had a, a, uh, a very expensive, I treated myself to like a $60 seafood dinner, uh, at a really nice place and just kind of sat by myself at the bar, sipping white wine and eating oysters and, and feeling, uh, feeling like I was, uh, among a higher breed of people for once in my life. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I, I enjoyed uh, ignoring a game show and just seeing what the rest of the world was like. And I, I uh, probably will never get to do that again, although I kind of do that at Comic-Con. But anyway, uh, that was a very memorable uh, game show for me. Yeah, I definitely cannot do that this year at yeah. PAX East, uh, which will be, I guess, the busiest one of these things I've ever been to. Oh, God. Why is, why is it busier? Uh, why, is it, why is it busier than soloing a game the entire time? Uh, it's busier because we've got this uh, 12 foot LED screen and we've got prizes ah. and uh, we've got several esports teams that are coming just to play video ball against us. And uh, we're doing a Twitch stream 12 hours a day for the whole thing, like starting at 8 a.m. I'm going to be sitting there at 8 a.m. with a cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Uh, it's gonna, yeah. That was it's definitely gonna... part of my experience. I should note was Dunkin' getting... Donuts. Yeah, I mean, I don't even particularly. I don't like the coffee. I don't think it's good, but you know, you, you have to. You got to go there. I, I like it. Walking like or, walking around with a Dunkin' Donuts coffee, listening to a Juliana Hatfield album I liked when I was a kid because she's from Boston. It was nice. You just flavored yourself, Boston. Yeah, you dipped yourself into Boston. Is what you did. Um. I guess I'll do another one, which is... Let's hear another one. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to come up with these because, by and large, I, I remember individual interesting vignettes from, from this one or that one. And, and I was also trying to figure out what was the first E3 that I went to. Was it 99 or 2000? I honestly, I cannot remember. Uh, but I went twice before I went as insert credit, so that sounds like 1999 to me, but how did I get there? I don't remember. I had, <laughs> I had just graduated from high school. Um, but I I was there under this 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 uh, news outlet of a sort called Hero, Heroglyphics. Or Herographics? Now I've forgotten. Herographics. Herographics. That's what it was. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it was. That's what it was. Um, it, it was like the just some website that some guy had made named James Garvin, who, who, um, Garvin. yeah, James Garvin. He, he was a Jaguar homebrew developer who was hell bent on making a, um, a, a Kung Fu style action game 
like the killer, like John Woo's action movies. Um, but anyway, that's not the, that's not the story. Um, G Star 2006, I believe. G Star. Yep, 2006 or 2005 in Korea. I went there and I set up a huge number of interviews with people and I just walked around and looked at a bunch of games, met a whole bunch of people. And I guess the, there were several things that were interesting. One was, this was the first time I'd ever been to Korea and that was, it was, it felt like a really different place and it sure feels super different 10 years later. I tell you what. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, different from then, <clears throat> but I was going around and interviewing these people and because of that earlier research that I had done from that Korean plaza, uh, Korean game plaza in E3 2003 or four, plus the fact that I had done so much reportage on the GP32 and knew all, every company that had made games for that. I knew who a lot of these companies were and had heard of them and said so. And for some reason, Gamasutra was extremely popular in Korea at the time. So at first it was very gratifying. I would go around doing these interviews and people would be like, wow, you actually... Like they, they would first be impressed that I had heard of them at all, but it was kind of in that surface, oh yeah, you've heard of us kind of way. But then I would talk about their specific games that they had made several years ago and things like that, and they'd be like, holy crap, you actually know what we do. That's really weird and flattering and great. But So that was cool at first, but then it happened every single time, and it started to get really tiresome. And I don't know exactly how to describe this, but it's a it it's like a weird, very quick arc where I went from my ego being fluffed up and feeling like I was great to being really tired of it and wishing that people would stop treating me like a noob. It was really, it was, it was a strange path that I took, but I, I remember it. And I also, I had this meetup with two Korean game journalists, uh, Simon Lim, who runs This Is Game, and a lady whose name I have now forgotten, but who wrote for Chosun Ilbo, which is the right-leaning newspaper. Um, of, uh, of note. I don't know if it's still going on, but we talked about the problems facing journalists and stuff while drinking soju out in the, uh, like in a kind of an empty parking lot looking area that had some, some small restaurant stands. And later that, that lady asked to translate my, my, uh, kind of impressions of, of G-Star. 2007, the next year. And I basically said, what's the point? These are all online games. You can see them in your house. And then they never invited me back. <laughs> wow. So owned. Yeah. So owned. So yeah, um, that was that one. Owned. I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go to the bathroom. Uh, let's, let's take, we're going to take a break. So everybody at home, we're talking about video game conference memories. Uh, Call up, uh, tell us what you want, 1-800-INSERT-CREDIT. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll take your calls. I'll be right back. Okay. Should we pause it? Nah. All right. Well, that's weird. I mean, he we could have just kept talking while he went to the bathroom is what we could have done. Yeah, he would have had to warn us, though. 
Uh, yeah. We also still can. Yeah, we also still can. I'm going to tell a tiny anecdote, which I may have told before, which was how my first Tokyo Game Show, which was 2004, I really wanted to interview Yuji Naka. Mm-hmm. And I uh, mailed Sega, and they're like, he's not going to be there. And then I went to the show, and I saw him standing by his Rub Rabbits booth. And so I was like, oh, hey, there he is. So then I just took out my voice recorder and did an interview with him in Japanese on the show floor right there. It was just a 10-minute interview, but I wrote it up. It was like 800 words. And then Sega mailed me back later, uh, and they were like, hey, uh, so how'd you get this interview? Did you go through Europe? It was probably Europe, wasn't it? And uh, <laughs> I just I just didn't reply to them because they weren't helpful to me, so I wasn't helpful to them. Good. Yeah, don't reply to that. Yeah. Not that there's any... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter now. You, uh, couldn't, you couldn't help them in any way no. by saying, like, I don't know, I just talked to them. But uh, I guess, actually, you would... You'd be uh, possibly getting him into trouble. Yeah, possibly getting him in trouble. Also, I didn't want to tip my hand because at that time I was a relatively unknown quantity at Game Developer and Gamasutra. I didn't right. want people to know that I could just walk up and talk to their developers and do an interview, and I didn't I didn't need them because right. of the language barrier being not yeah. there. Some people never learn that. Nope. <laughs> We're back on insert credit number 126. Uh, talking about video game conference memories. Uh, did anybody call in? Uh, no one called in, but we did uh, oh. continue the discussion without you. Deadbeats. So. Why would nobody call in? <laughs> Why would nobody call in? What kind of a show is this? Get on the hotline. You know, I, th- the, I think there's been something wrong with the switchboard. No, the old, the, the old S-witch board. Yeah, the SB. Uh, so, so I've got uh, two... That I'm, th- I've been thinking of this whole time. Were you going to say something, Frank? Did yeah, I, I was. I was going to say we got, you know, roughly ten-ish minutes, and I'm, I'm not in a major hurry or anything. But I think we should try to talk about stuff we've done together at shows. Oh, we we could do that. That's an idea. But I mean, I was going to say we've somehow avoided mentioning uh, <laughs> any uh, interactions with each other, other yeah. than you guys met me at that one e three. Yeah, but that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then we were both at PAX East, but didn't even see each other. Nope. <laughs> you didn't even come by my booth. I didn't come by anybody's booth, intentionally. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I, you know, heck I feel you, like guy. We, actually, uh, <laughs> we actually very rarely, unless, unless we're, say, in the same booth, I think we all very rarely see each other at these conferences. Except, we except do for, an E3. E3 oh, sometimes did. and the Tokyo Game Show, I guess those those two. But I've never been to Tokyo Game Show, so no, yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say the two that stick out most in my mind is the most memorable game conventions I've ever been to. Yep, are E3 2003, which is uh, I I I went there with insert credit. That was your first insert credit, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, E3 2003 was madness. Just that was complete madness because I flew out there with uh, Doug Jones, yeah, my buddy from Indiana. Uh, I still feel bad just... about about being being flippant at that guy when he when he th- just he'd not, just never been a place. He'd like never that been before. to a city. Not not to derail you, but like we, I was driving everybody back from the airport, and we came over over this, um, you know, one of those kind of rises in the freeway, and then it came down, and then he saw. 
he saw the skyline of downtown Los Angeles and he was just like, whoa. And I, yeah. I just rolled my eyes all the way into the back seat and I feel bad about it. Well, it may please you to know that Doug Jones is a regular listener of the Insert Credit Show. So Sorry, Doug Jones. He, he's now, he, yeah, you have a chance to let him know how you feel. Uh, so yeah, I just, that show, not really, uh, too much happened that was extremely exciting or anything, but it was cool, uh, to just hang out with people from the internet. It felt like almost sort of like having a life. You got a haircut and you hated it. Me? If, yeah, you yeah, did. yeah, that's true. That's true. We'd met earlier, uh, and, uh, you'd had really long hair and we both had horrible long hair. Mm-hmm. That was bad hair, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't great. It was not good at all. I just got my hair cut after not cutting it for 11 months, and I'm loving it. Uh, I let my hair grow for a really long time. You know, I was actually – sorry, I was just thinking about that that E3 myself, which was um, where you and I and Eric John were there, and Frank was not there yet. Um, But it was – you know, it was like we had a real news team. We were all like hitting the floor and and oh, yeah. doing stuff. We wrote up a bunch of articles and did a bunch of things. It, I wrote mine uh uh sort of uh off the cuff after. Yeah, the I was show. I was mad about that. And it was because, just huge why? Because, because I was because I wanted us to do them all because I don't know, it was important to me at that time that we did them all during the show. Because that's when it's yeah. the most important, I thought. And then I was yeah. typing away while you were talking to somebody else. And I was like, God, just do it. Right. And ever- I was working on evergreen content. Yeah. You go back and read that now. First of all, it's terrible. Second of all, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. And uh, third of all, it doesn't even matter that those aren't new video games. Nah, I hear it's you. evergreen content, baby. That's what that is. Yeah, I was, I was happy that w- one of the things I think I got during that one, which is evergreen in a certain way, was... Um, this fella, Norm Evangelista, who was Norm the Evangelista. head of NEC Interchannel's brief resurrection in the United States, where they made some, like, GameCube or PS2 racing game thing. and uh, But he had worked, to some extent, with NEC in the past, and I was talking to him about dating games, and he was like, yeah, bro, those print money. And... Uh, just all this weird stuff. Nobody, nobody really is very aware that NEC Interchannel even came back for a minute, and uh, certainly nobody else interviewed that guy. So it's nice that you know I basically just I saw NEC on the program and went around and found their their business room and knocked on the door and did an interview with the guy. That's a uh, it's evergreen in a certain way because nobody else has. It. So yeah. there. So yeah. there. Yeah. Evergreen memories. What and then the it? other one, yeah. the other big one that sticks out in my brain is, of course, Tokyo Game Show 2004. Yeah. You remember that one? How could I forget? But before we mention that one, let's mention Tokyo Game Show 2005, where uh, I uh, – no, let's not mention that one. 2005 <laughs> Tokyo Game Show was really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, you were there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Eric John was there. Yeah. Uh, oh man. And, uh, you guys were staying in the house where I sort of lived. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, and then I wasn't, 
and it's it's difficult to uh, I mean difficult I to explain. Yeah, it's difficult to explain. And then 2006, we almost uh, killed him with spices that year because we put some spices into some udon, and then he, no, that was that was 2006. Was that he 2006? came twice? Oh, yeah, he came twice. Forgot about that. Yeah, for nextgen.biz with our buddy Chris Graft, yeah. uh, who also came to Tokyo Game Show 2007. Right, which we, was an excellent Tokyo Game yeah, Show. Yeah, we sat in the in tub fact, with him then. Yeah, that was just all good memories. That, was that fun. whole thing. 2007 Tokyo Game Show, it was like, oh, uh, that was the point where I go, uh oh, I've been doing this for a really long time, <laughs> and uh, this is it, I guess. But 2006 was when we made the udon with spices that okay. were too spicy for Eric John. Laid because right that on was the floor. in my house. That was in when I had my own yeah. apartment. That the more I remember it these days, the more I realize that was, that was good enough for me for the rest of my life. Why did I have to go anywhere else? That apartment was great. The end. But uh, I liked that apartment, man. I know. I, uh, I still uh, it it still feels like a place that you live to me. Yeah, man. I still keep thinking about it. Well, it's like my Ogikubo one was pretty good. The one I moved into after that, yeah, I, I really I liked, liked that one too. But yeah, what what more does a person need than an apartment like that? But so I woke up the uh, in two thousand six, and one of my teeth had broken off. My front teeth. Do you remember this? Sure do. And. Uh, I thought we were going to talk about 2004. Oh, we are. We're going. I'm just going to. I'm just glossing over 2006 or five, six, and seven. Let's do it. So, so yeah. So 2006, I woke up and that that age old nightmare that people have that their teeth are going to fall out. Like that had just it had happened to me. And I couldn't go to Tokyo Game Show because I was working at Sony at that time, and I just had to. uh, uh, I could only go on the weekend. Yeah. So I only went on the weekend. Like I went the Saturday and Sunday, but I had the exhibitor passes. Yeah, and if we nice. we saw the cosplayers and such, and and we got uh, complimented on our genuine cosplay. Yeah, because we looked like uh, I guess cartoon characters <laughs> yeah. to the Japanese people, which is quaint. But yeah, my tooth had just my front tooth had just broken off in my mouth, which is the nightmare that I think eighty percent of humans have at some point in their life. Uh, a tooth falling out and uh i had to find a dentist and i had to actually take a day off work to get my tooth fixed or a morning off work uh and that sucked so then but 2004 was the really really big weird one because the first one i mentioned was 2003 and uh that was the dark one where i met ffd yeah and uh that was real bad and then 2004 i had gone to e3 with FFD. Me and FFD flew together. We bought our tickets together. We're playing Advance Wars on the airplane the whole way. Uh, so I was seeing you, Brandon Sheffield, again three months later in Tokyo. And uh, this was like a year past me going to Tokyo thinking I'm going to write about video games and possibly get a real job and then just not doing it. Uh, and... I, I felt like the biggest failure in the whole world, and uh, Tokyo Game Show just ruined everything. <laughs> and that's uh, yeah. There's a long go, a long go tello about that, as Jar Jar Binks would say. Yeah, it's a big one. But uh, yeah, that was a weird show, man. I agree. That was, uh, and that's where we sort of uh, we'd met Christian Nut before, but mm-hmm. we'd never. Uh, 
we, I, I was not personally acquainted with him yet. Yeah. But, uh, we were on the bus. Oh, God. Like, cause the, some British magazine had gotten me a ticket to, uh, some Koei party in Tokyo Disneyland. Yeah. And the year before I'd been on that same, at that same party and I'd bitten into bread that had, had squid inside of it and I threw up the squid into a garbage can and I filmed a video of it. And I put that on Instagram. <laughs> so we went there again looking for the squid bread. And our other buddy came and he drank 27 beers. Uh, and it was real bad. And I guess I I hadn't drank any beers because I've never had one in my life. But Brandon, you'd had a couple. You had, had some stuff to drink. I had. And we were on this bus back to the station, to Maihama Station from Tokyo Disneyland. And... We were being really annoying. Oh, yeah. Like, really loud. So, anybody listening to the show, Brandon Sheffield gets a little bit annoying when he drinks alcohol. Well, it's uh, actually, more, it's not... More so than most people. What, what? It wasn't, what it wasn't that. It was... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, that, that kind of exaggerated the the feedback loop that we were generating for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm not, I'm not saying the alcohol was even 20% to blame. I'm just saying that it was in there, yeah. And uh, it was uh, you and our other buddy, whose name I don't mention because he told me a long time ago he didn't want to be public on the internet, so we just won't mention his name. You know who I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah. So he, uh, like, yeah, he was pretty drunk, and uh, man, we were having a weird time on that bus. And I'm like, this is fun. I'll have, I'll be weird with these weird people, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll have a weird time. And we're just yelling and being weird on the bus. And uh, that bus ride gets brought up in conversation to me uh, once a year. Me too. From a person I've never met before. Yeah, it happened <laughs> on Twitter uh, just like six months ago. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Uh, it happened to me in Korea. It happened to me in Birmingham, England. It's it's because it just, there were a lot that of... That bus ride. A lot of the journalists <laughs> on that bus went on to work at publishers or game platforms. Start their own game companies. Yeah, or have game companies or things, and they're just like, man. They, that was like their, the the whole of their impression of us came from that one night when we were... <laughs> like this... One of the things we were doing was uh, screaming, aren't white people really annoying? Uh, <laughs> in Japan, they can't oh. even speak Japanese. Uh and some of, a lot of the time we were saying this stuff in Japanese, and this had come after a uh, after like I had tried to get my my phone topped up with with credits and and had been rejected at eight places because I was Caucasian, and uh, and because people had been saying passive aggressive things to me for a straight week about my hair or my clothes or Tim's jeans being frayed or whatever thinking that we yeah. couldn't understand them and uh so it just all kind of, <laughs> just all kind of came out in this in this bus ride and these people were like these are the worst like all the other journalists were like these are the worst human beings that i've ever encountered so um, I, I had an ear infection and i was like deaf in one ear and my eardrum my eardrum was broken and i couldn't stand up and i had fallen down the stairs yeah yeah, yeah, at uh to get on the Musashino line uh in Saitama to go to cuz we were I was living in Ukimafunato in uh northern Tokyo prefecture at that time. So technically, mom, I was living in Tokyo. <laughs> to get to Saitama, I had to go over a bridge. 
Uh, so I what it wasn't Saitama, mom. Uh, so I I was yeah. So we were like running to get on this train, and uh, I fell down the stairs, and I bounced like twice. And uh, our our other buddy had woken up drunk, and he'd uh, kicked his foot. Like he forgot he'd locked the shower, right? Like he, because our shower had a lock. It was a Japanese. It was like an office house that we we lived in, like an office building. You remember that place? Brandon. I do. Uh, yeah. So we lived in an office, and he had like kicked. He forgot he'd latched the shower door, so he like pushed his foot through the glass, and the glass just instantly shattered and went right through his foot. Uh, and. He was bleeding all over the place. Yeah, he was stepping and on the glass and being like, oh, man. He's like, oh. And he was like, give me a towel. He's like, don't look at my dong. He said out loud, don't look at my dong. Uh, <laughs> and he had a beer and, with uh, him in the shower. Yeah, yeah. And he had a beer yeah, beer for breakfast, uh, brew for breakfast. And, uh, uh, man, yeah, it was bad and weird. Uh, and so he his foot was bleeding, and he wrapped it. He mummified it in socks. He put on like four socks and then he's walking. We're walking to the train station. It's like a 15 minute walk. And, uh, he, uh, his shoe, his Converse, gray Converse, uh, Chuck Taylor all star shoe is just turning black as blood, uh, echoes out of his foot. And, uh, that was the, the night of the bus ride. So we, uh, yeah, went and, to, and I had, uh, yeah. <laughs> I had had, um, two hours of sleep. Uh, after certain events had transpired and yeah. I, I had smoked weed for the first time in my life and maybe it was the in only Japan time it had places. ever worked. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. cause it doesn't really work on me, but apparently that time it kind of did. And I had had several beers that, uh, that previous evening and, and I looked at the clock at 4 a.m. and was like, oh, damn. I need to get to Tokyo Game Show to interview Igarashi. How do I get to Tokyo? <laughs> and it was, it was just, it was such a surreal, like, I guess that's what journalists used to think was the real thing that you do is you, you binge and then you go, you go get your, your flat feet on the, on the ground and, and do some journalisming. And so I was just interviewing Igarashi about the pixel distance of whip attacks and pixel stuff. distance and i was like this is a this is a weird a weird time and after all that stuff had happened so yeah we had and a, remember i did that interview with the kazunori yamauchi yeah uh gran turismo guy like yeah. for gran turismo uh yeah for like an hour and a half or something yeah yeah i had that big long interview and like these this tv crew like filmed it it was on tv yeah it, i didn't ever get to see it but it was on tv and yamauchi remembered me and he still remembers me if I ever accidentally see him at a thing. Uh, but yeah, that was cool. Uh, I, I was completely like, again, I've never done any drugs or drank any alcohol, but I was, I, I'd been awake for a long time and I wasn't feeling so good about myself or anything. Yeah, we were all out just of our like, minds. I had, I had, I don't know if you really remember this, but I had helped you down the street to your apartment because you couldn't walk straight. Like we actually had to do the arm around the shoulder yeah. <laughs> thing because your inner ear was exploded basically. Yeah. And in, in Tokyo, uh, you, it, that doesn't look like anything. It looks like some drunk guys. Cause everybody looks like that. But 
I had a special man. I had to go to the doctor. It ended up getting like really, really infected. I got a like a lower ear infection. I got a eustachian tube infection. Yeah. Uh, I had a fever of like a hundred and four. We poured whiskey and, in there. Yeah, yeah. If you remember that, it was yeah. We funneled it in there, man. Yeah, I couldn't stand up. And uh, I interviewed this guy, and the very first question I asked him was, "Ore no koto gorgeous to Moscow? Do you do you find me gorgeous?" And he goes, "What?" And I'm like, "Oh, nothing." I was like, "Oh, nothing, nothing. Don't worry." Uh, <laughs> I got my Sega Rally uh, blue uh, uh, K-tie strap. It was a lanyard strap at the Sega booth yeah. that I then kept until like 2009. Uh, I, I loved that phone strap. Ah, oh, yeah. Boy, well, that was a weird time. That's a good way to end this one, I guess. That yeah, was, uh, yeah. That was, uh, I guess Frank wasn't, you were, were you at that one, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> what, what were you doing in September of 2004? Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I, I happen to know from, uh, looking around because of curiosity that that's when a claim filed for bankruptcy. Mm, (laughs) I was, I was perhaps preparing, uh, in some way to, uh, go to long Island, New York, but, uh, I don't believe I was there in September. Long Island. Yeah. That's not, there's nothing there. There's nothing there, but, uh, but rich people. They call it Long Island, not Fun Island. <laughs> Let's remember that. Yeah. You know that that piece is uh, not great, but I'm 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 proud of some of it. So maybe maybe you should run it. I'll run it. I it like I remember it. I I read it a couple of times. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it's weird to me. It's weird. Yeah, because we talked about publishing it a couple times. Yeah, man. God should it. I should I publish my entire novel, uh, the most gorgeous situation on uh, insert? Credit? Man, you know what? <laughs> Just go for it. Just do 90, it. Ninety ninety eight thousand words about Tokyo Game Show two thousand four. Yeah, you know what? You should you should well not <laughs> all of it. You should post it. Although the the ambiguated names are not going to help as much on insert credit. But uh, oh, of course not. That's okay. Um, Wolf, but yeah, Wolf you could, Chesterfield. That's I, your name. Yeah, in there. I think you should post it. Um, see what should, happens. You should post it as one, like, don't put a, don't put like a more on it or anything. Like, don't, don't hide it behind the cut. <laughs> Man, that would be a lot of scrolls. I know. Huh? <laughs> that would be just like that would be funny. thousands of scrolls. It'd be funny and yeah, terrible. Yeah, we could, we could see what happens. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, let's do Lord. it. Lord. 2004, the most gorgeous situation. In Tokyo. Lord, in Tokyo. And then I guess the most gorgeous situation in Tokyo. But yeah, I don't know what, uh, the novel is just the most gorgeous situation because it encompasses Tokyo and Korea. Oh, yeah. I had two gorgeous situations in my life, and I realized they were the same situation. Yeah. I'm currently writing a novel about the time I got trapped in Hawaii. Yeah. I want, I'll read it's, that one because I, I have, uh, I was luckily, <laughs> yeah, luckily you're, you're involved in that, in one, that as well. one too. I was right there. Yeah. You had a, you had a layover yep. in Hawaii at the coincidental time that I, I got for better, for lack of a better word, trapped there. My this novel is titled "A Conspiracy of Miracles." Another love is farther away, or it's better somewhere. That's the name of the book. Yeah, that's actually a good, not jokey name. So I feel good about that. I'll read it. And the book is no jokes at all. So that's a scary thing. Every time I look at it, every time I sit down to work on it, it's like there's no jokes in this. What do I do? 
I'm not not allowed to joke. I'll write you some jokes. No, don't worry. About can't it. be jokes. I'll write you it some must jokes. Be, it, it's got to be like a hospital, joke free. Now there's jokes in the hospital. That Patch Adams guy was in there. Yeah, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, oh, anyway. there's, uh, there's that Scrubs show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They had some laughs, didn't they? Probably. I wouldn't know, but. They had some. They had to have some laughs. There was the time one of those dudes danced to uh, to Bill Biv DeVoe's Poison. That was funny. Was it when somebody had been poisoned? No, it should have been. Oh. Yeah, it was unrelated. Well, what the heck then? Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, I'm gonna go. I guess. Yeah, That's me too. The end of the All show. Right. I guess. Hong Kong. Uh. Yeah, uh, I gotta get ready for PAX East. Oh, and if you're gonna be at PAX East, come by the Iron Galaxy booth and, uh, get your throat ripped out at Video Ball. Honk. Cause, uh, you're not gonna live, and you're not gonna die. What's gonna happen is gonna be a lot worse. It's a shame they won't live. Yeah, but then again, who does? I've got t-shirts, and if you want one, you've gotta earn them. That's what I'm saying. I'm addressing the people with that. If you oh, guys want shirts, uh... I can I can probably get you some shirts. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh everybody else has got to earn them. You got to fight for your right to video ball shirt. Yep, that's the end of the show, episode number one twenty six. Does anybody have anything they want to say? Not at all. See you next convention. May uh maybe you can help us get one of these onto a future list. With your yeah, cool yeah. ways. Come come make uh, memorable memories with us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I did, we didn't even get to talk about Evo. Oh, yeah. Well, whatever, man. We could do another one of these later. Me and, me and Porter got really sick at Evo. Man, there was the time I had strep throat at Indicate East, and I didn't know I had strep throat until I got back into my house. More like Indicate and, uh, Yeast. I don't, yeah, because that's what strep throat is. Think. It's a yeast infection. I think it is. Uh, man, I guess the Birmingham, England uh, Eurogamer Expo was pretty, pretty big. Oh, Eurogamer. Thing? Your the Eurogamer. Uh, you're o you're a gamer, not your o gamer. Why did they spell that wrong? Wait, are we are we are we getting back into having this conversation again? Because I yeah, feel wait like a minute. Well, the thing is, the conversation <laughs> could go on forever, so I guess we should stop. Yeah. yeah. Insert credit show. Over, yeah. That's uh, you know what the most popular boy's name in America right now is? Butthole. I'll tell you. Oh. It's it's Noah. Really? Noah. Yeah. They saw that Russell Crowe movie and they were like, "Dang, Russell well, Crowe is buff." I think maybe that's part of it, but uh, no, I think it's just uh, all these Jewish biblical names are suddenly oh, biblical names. The popular, the popular ones. Uh. Yeah.